Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard carefully, and that's pretty much what we do. We watch Blizzard, and we talk about Blizzard. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi, I'm the host, and with me this week are two co-hosts who plant ideas about unicorns and rainbows and dolphins and pandas and tea in my head. Now I'm like very confused about life. Uh, first up, she... Knew a lot more about Lisa Frank than I did, and, and Stickney. How you doing, Ann? Look, I'm a girl. It's like you're kind of contractually obligated to learn about Lisa Frank when you're young. <laughs> I, I accept this, but I had no knowledge of it. Um, but yeah, uh, look that up if you don't know who Lisa Frank is, because the woman apparently has a Jonesen for colorful dolphin pandas that cannot I be denied. I don't know if, if she's actually like a person or not. Or a corporation. Yeah, or Just a corporate corporation she's just a corporate entity named lisa yeah that's code name getting, lisa lisa frank it's getting, it's getting disturbing like our corporations are all like people now i don't uh, know so you, you've been doing anything in wow or any other games i i, I saw a <laughs> post from you about overwatch so i know you've been doing some of that right um yeah well i mean there's been overwatch stuff going on and we can talk about that in the news thing because i'm excited about that but like as far as warcraft goes i have leveled so many alts through so many levels because these invasions are so fantastic like my monk that i had my pandaran monk was level 15 when i started and i think she just hit like level 80 i'm not sure anyway i don't know all i know is that invasions are great and i kind of love them to pieces also yes. um if all goes well and according to plan by the end of the day, I should have my legendary ring. Very last minute, but I needed it. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, also with us this week, uh, Alex Zebart. What about you? I, I know you've got feelings about Taron Mills Graveyard Placement, but anything else going on? Uh, that can wait. I have very important information to share. Straight okay. from Wikipedia. Lisa Deborah Frank, born 1955, is an American businesswoman, the founder of Lisa Frank Incorporated, headquartered in Tucson, Arizona. 
Frank founded the company in 1979 at the age of 24 and continues to lead it today. Okay, so it's an actual person. Wow. I imagine she doesn't do all of the art, but it is her company and she is a person. All right, that's good to know. Uh, not anything about you you want to tell us, or are we just going to move on to the um, news? I feel that was way more important than anything I have to say. All right, then we will move on to news. Uh, <laughs> first up in the top stories, I guess we should mention that the Legion invasions are up to six every two hours. So basically every zone that was getting invaded gets invaded every two hours at once. All invasions, all the time. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Level yeah. lots of characters. I'm if glad you are that the... Power- if you are powering leveling a character now, there's no waiting involved. You can just circuit around the world, and by the time you finish the circuit, they've started repopping already. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they didn't do the thing I thought they might do and make them every hour, because that's just not enough time to even do three, in my opinion, with the travel yeah. time. But At that point, be... you might as well just sit in a zone and just wait for it to refresh. Yeah, but having six is, is pretty good. Um, people keep telling me to do a particular trick, but I, I'm resisting doing it because I feel like it's a little cheap. Is it the cheaty logout thing? Yeah, it's the cheaty logout thing. It feels it's pretty cheap. I did it once just to see it, and then I was like, oh my god, this is this this is this is like crack. I got to stay away from this. If I do this again, I will literally spend the rest of my life in Karen House. Well, <laughs> like, I feel like it isn't too bad because it goes away forever in a week. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, this is way too much XP. They have to nerf this. Look why. It's gone in a week. If people want a power level, if that's what they're getting out of it, it's a one-time special thing. They, they finally, yeah, they were having kind of issues with XP and how you got XP throughout the course of this event. And now they just, it, it seems like they flipped on the on switch and said, behold, XP, eat it. Eat as much as you can eat. It's like a buffet and we're all chowing down. And we're uh, quite happy with that because, you know, it's going feels, away. A, fr- a friend of mine said to me that it felt like they were pretty serious about letting people get their uh, alts to max level in time to do Legion. And I agree. It feels very much like with with artifacts, people want to get as many different classes as possible up there. Even I, the guy that plays nothing but warriors, have leveled non-warriors this time. Like I've got a hunter, Gasp. a shaman, the Death, Death Knight from our thing. I've got a paladin now. I've got two demon hunters. They're all at max level. Um, the paladin I did purely knowing that I would never play it again after I got it. Like I'll play it last. Like when when, when Legion is like a year old and we're all kind of bored and waiting for the next thing, I'll, I might play that paladin. But he's ready just in case I decide I have to see the artifact quest. Yep. And I think for a lot of people that's the draw is getting to do the artifact stuff. And I I never thought I would play a monk because I thought and still kind of think they're kind of dumb. <laughs> Sorry. But I had the opportunity, so I have a monk at 100 now, and maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll change my mind about them being dumb. Look, I actually... I'm kind of having fun with the monk because uh, diving into a pile of demons and then hitting spinning crane kick is just like, there's something ridiculously fun about that. <laughs> I found some love for Mistwalker. I think that's the healing one, right? Mistwalker? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I found some love for healing on that because it has the thing where like, you put your hands up and fireworks shoot out of your face and heal people. Fireworks uh, shoot out of your face? <laughs> yeah, that was like, a lightning thing or something. Didn't they shoot lightning? I thought they shot lightning. They, they can shoot lightning. They have like the crackling jade lightning or whatever. But also one of their heal spells is like they put their hands up and this ball appears over their head and like streamers shoot out to heal random people. So you're putting on a light show as you're healing. And it looks really cool and I love it. Yeah, you got me, man. I didn't so it's know. healing and entertainment, all in one. I'll say Good this when I, 
when I leveled the, the 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 paladin, and I leveled this paladin. This paladin has never been a Draenor. Like I did not. I I skipped Draenor entirely. I just leveled him through the invasions, and uh, I still don't understand Rhett. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. It's like all okay. I hit you with a sword that I guess I summon. Then I hit you with the sword I'm actually holding. Okay, now I hit you with the sword differently. Oh, and now I okay. There's lots of guys around, so now I have to build up to use the spinning here's, around thing. Here's the secret, Rossi. In Legion, all of the melee classes are the same. Except it's not. It's nothing like either They're arms or fury. It's instead of having rage or whatever, it's holy power. So you have enough holy power to use your spender. Or if you're mm. playing an enhancement shaman now, you build up maelstrom until you can use your spender. Or if you're playing a demon hunter, use your builder until you can use your spender. All of the melee classes work exactly the same. It's just except, a reskin. Except here's the thing. When, when I'm on my, my arms warrior, I can hit Whirlwind whenever I want to, as long as I've got a little rage. When, yeah, I'm, on, I think, when I'm on the paladin, I can't hit Divine Storm unless I have three. Holy yeah, God. I think that's the thing. Warriors do have that edge. If you can hit Whirlwind all the time, none of the other melee have... Well, I can hit it whenever I want to. Less... If I'm Fury, I can hit it literally. Hey, I can now, Rogues it. can fan a knives whenever. Yeah, so it's... As long as we got the energy for it, and the energy buildup is real fast. For Fury Warrior, I don't need to have Rage to hit Whirlwind. I yeah. And it has no cooldown. Then cool Warriors down. have that advantage. So it's it's like I'm playing the Red Paladin, and I'm basically like, oh, I want to tag a bunch of mobs. Well, I better build up my holy power. When, was, when I'm on a warrior, like right now I'm leveling one of my warrior alts because I want to have a night elf. And I was running through, basically I just run through, hit whirlwind continuously, and I don't bother to target anything. Like I'm not, like half the time I'm targeting some flagged horde dude who's like half, he's like 25, 25 yards away from me because for some reason the horde love to be flagged in Karanos. I don't know why. They do. But they do. They just love to be flagged in Karanos. Oh, and if you're playing a warrior and you're wondering why this keeps happening to you, if you are targeting a PvP-enabled person, even if you are not PvP-enabled yourself, and you hit charge, you will be flagged. Yeah, charge does not... Charge ignores that you have to flag to attack this person. Yeah, you will straight up immediately be flagged. And the reason for that is simple. Um, charge has set up right now so that you can charge an enemy or an ally. Like, you can charge oh. another player... And, and get to oh, them. Oh, okay. Or you can charge like a you know a, a mob. So if they're PDP flagged, charge fires off because it's used. To, it's like oh well, he's just a guy. But then once it does, it's like oh wait a minute, you did something to a PVP guy. You're PVP flagged. So if you're doing the invasions on a warrior and that happens, that's why. And other abilities that do that kind of thing that work on both enemies and allies can also tar- can also flag you. So if there's a spell you have that like heals you and hurts somebody else, it will likely flag you. I'm having I think I'm having the most fun with the invasions on my warlock, which I haven't leveled since vanilla. So the warlock is I want to say 76 or 77 now, something like that, but I like just running through the zones and it's just tab target dot 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 everything. <laughs> And my wife was doing it on a priest, and she actually told me that the thing she could do is just shadow word paint everything as she ran by. Yep. The thing she was doing is just yep. sh- shadow word painting. Just dot. Just dot everything. Dot everything and watch it die. It's fantastic. So, yeah. It, so that's pretty much that's the deal going on in WoW right now. We've got another week of this, and then everything kicks off. Uh, I'm, I've been told on a queue today that the quest has actually gotten to its next stage, the, the Cadgar quest. Apparently it has. Yep. I haven't had a chance to log in and look at it because I've been busy yeah. with other things. I haven't I haven't done it either, but that is what I've been told. So 
that's that's the case as well. We're moving forward with that, which is good. I have to admit that the dialogue Cadgar gives you is, is makes me laugh. As much as I'm I'm on board with saying that I'm not not a big fan of Cadgar's implementation in Warlords, but I do like him so far in Legion when he's like, "I have a plan, an incredibly dangerous plan, but it's a plan." I I, I like him. Yeah, I like Cadgar. <laughs> but, uh, I'm okay. just he's grown on me. Uh, Alex, thought you were gonna say something. No, I mean, okay. the quest is there. You guys have played it. There's not a lot to say. It's a very short quest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's not, I mean, I, I feel like the stage before it had more build up to it. And this is just like a thing is happening. And next week you can play the game. Hooray. Yep. All right. Then we will basically move on to mentioning something that I'm really excited about. Uh, other people might not really care, but the Azeroth Armory thing, which they were doing back in, in Warlords when they made a Gorhal. They've done two more of them for Legion. Uh, the one that I, I'm really most excited about is the Warglaive. They, they made a Warglaive of Asenoth. They just made the one. Just the one. I think that's because it's a 20-pound thing. They kind of need two hands to use it. Yeah, it's tw- a 20 to, to put this into perspective, if a, when a greatsword, like a Zwiehander or a Doppelhander back in, in medieval Germany, when, when they made those, if it weighed 10 pounds, it was considered a parade sword and you didn't actually use it in war because it was way too freaking heavy. So at 20 pounds, the Warglaive, there's, a, there's, no, there's a reason Illidan has arms like that. <laughs> there's Dude, a reason swing- they're all beefy. Yeah. My favorite part of the Azeroth Army videos, watch if you watch every single one of them, uh-huh. in the first like 30 seconds... Tony Swatton's like, yeah, we're going to make this hollow because if we didn't, it would weigh 300 pounds. Yeah, he always says that. because Every single true. one. <laughs> and it's true. It's like, very clear to clarify yeah. exactly how he's creating these. and Because the thing is, is like, you can make them to a point where they will be sturdy enough to break things and, and carve through things without making them a solid hunk. Yeah. But um, it's kind of interesting, though, because, like, the Doom Hammer was, what, 350 pounds or something like that if it wasn't hollow? Yeah, yeah. He's, he said that, yeah. Yeah, so but, it's like, plus well, he, if he, the one that Thrall is swinging around is solid, then, yeah, man, a that's a strong orc. <laughs> well, that's interesting, too, because, like, one of the things uh, Swatton used to do, uh, he used to do a show on, on YouTube before he left, I guess, maybe to do this, I don't know. But he, yeah. he made lots of various replica weapons, and one of them he made was the Buster Sword. From uh, I Final love Fantasy. That. Fantasy, yeah, Cloud Sword. He made that thing, and he actually pointed out that he he didn't make it hollow, but he made it out of aircraft aluminum because if he'd actually used steel, it would have weighed like you know so much that you couldn't pick it up. And even with the aircraft aluminum, he made it so heavy that he could barely pick it up. He is a huge man. He's yeah. not a small guy. He not is by very any large. Stretch. Um, he's like he's like Alex with another couple inches on yeah, him. Big. He's. He's a and he's a blacksmith with a blacksmith yeah. build. He's got giant arms too, so he could barely pick it up. So I I don't think you know making them hollow is the way to go. But the other thing I love seeing is I love seeing how they managed to actually get it to look like that. Like the Warglaive in particular, the the, the uh, Doomhammer they made the the lava version, which I think is the silliest version. I'll just say that I the the classic Doomhammer I like just fine. I think it looks great, but the lava Doomhammer just makes me snicker every time I see that's, it. That's I mean that's what Blizzard gave him. Yeah, it looked pretty cool though when he was done with it because he actually yeah. put lights in it and everything. Yeah, he made it glow. Yeah, um, which I thought I, was pretty neat. And it was glowing, and it was lit up, but it could still smash the heck out of everything. I don't know who the the, the large fellow at the end of the video who was smashing things with it was, but yes, they, they found a gigantic man to have he smashed was, He was having a really sure. good time. 
I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the actual voice actors who does orcs in WoW. Oh, cool. Maybe. I mean, that's but, why he was he was doing an orc voice, and I'm pretty sure it's a voice he has done for WoW. Yeah, that that was cool. But for me, I, I still I have to give it to the Warglaive over the Doomhammer. In fact, I'd give it to the Warglaive over even Gorhal when they made that last year, just yeah. because it was fascinating to watch them layer it. Because the blade is basically, it's got a real steel blade in there. It's got like a, a hard forged steel blade. And then he basically had to build form shell forms around it to make it look like the warglaive. Yeah, and, and then it, the centerpiece has so many smaller pieces that were assembled to yeah. make it look good. Yeah, it's like... But, it's, um, and they really even amazing. cut like stones for it and everything, which I thought was really neat. Because you don't, I mean, I don't usually classify gem cutting or glass cutting as part of blacksmithing, but... He had all the stuff there, and he was... Yeah, and for background on that guy, on Tony Swatton, he has done uh, replica weaponry or has designed weaponry in Hollywood for a very, very long time. 37 years. Would Yeah, he would do um, a lot of the like toy swords you would buy, like a sword from such and such movie, you could get a plastic version. He would take the version made for the movie and figure out how to convert this thing into a toy. Mm-hmm. So Shrink he's it been down work- so they can make a mold out of it. Yeah, so he's been working with weapons in the entertainment industry for uh, a very long time. I happen to know for a fact that he he made the weapons for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He yeah. he yeah he's got like a heck of a lot of experience. I I just I love the Azeroth armory stuff so much more so than the Azeroth choppers thing, and it's oh, specifically yeah. because they show the process. Like and they show relevant. all the bits and pieces that they're putting together and they explain what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it. And they, they didn't, that's what I was hoping for when they did the Azeroth choppers thing. And I was really kind of disappointed that they didn't like go into the process more. I, I wanted to see more of that. No, I, I admit I cringed when the beefcake man in the work video used it backwards. Yeah. Honestly though, that's how you would use it. If yeah. had, like, but that's not how you use it in WoW. No, like, it's I know, not how I know. you use it in WoW. But then the other thing, too, is he was also using two hands to wield it because he yeah. had to. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, the work lays are completely impractical. So <laughs> yeah. him doing whatever he wants to do with it, that's fine. It's just that's not how it works in the game. So it's like, come on, man. Blizzard made this video. <laughs> I just like it because it's, like it's like a nerdy gaming version of how it's made. Wasn't that one of the Sons of the Storm artists? The one that, that also dressed up as Khal Drogo the one time? Who? I thought that was. The guy at the end of the Warglaze no. video, I thought he was the artist. Oh, no. he wasn't? No. No, that wasn't him. Um, that's and that's... Uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name, but I know exactly who he is, and yes, he is an artist. So, um, yeah. I, I'm wondering if they're going to come out with any more of him. Like, if he's going to do I want any more. Them, I honestly would love if they did one for every single artifact. Ashwinger would be great. Yeah, if they did one happen. for every single artifact, that would be awesome. It would not they're have. Probably this going to, they're probably going to tie this man up in his smithy again and not let him see the sun for, for another two years when the next expansion comes out and he can release a couple more videos. Because yeah, the I, last time we saw him was the Warlord's launch with Gorhal. Yeah, I don't think. I'm just wondering if he's been busy making artifact weapons this entire time and we're just going to see them slowly roll out because that would be pretty cool. I do think, I mean, as much as I am a warrior player, so I, I you know, would want to see warrior stuff, I do think that Ashbringer is almost a must-make at some point. You know, it's sort of a, it is 
one of the yeah. most iconic of the the artifacts. You kind of you kind of want people to see it, and then I, you have to work out how to do the floating disc. Yeah, I was gonna say, how would he do the floating disc? I would like to see him solve that puzzle. Yeah, that's but... that's yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> okay, uh, other thing to mention. This one's a little. It's kind of a thin thing to do but at the same time it was something i noticed and wanted to bring up the diablo twitter um responded to a person's tweet about blizzcon basically saying just that blizzcon's going to be really cool this year diablo 4 yeah i don't confirmed no um it doesn't we confirm don't know <laughs> doesn't confirm anything but i did want to point it out because it's the first anything from the diablo twitter saying anything about the future in quite some time yeah so uh, as somebody who wants them to do, I, I would be perfectly happy with a Diablo three expansion. I feel like Diablo three's engine is fine and we don't need like an entirely new game. Like we don't need a new system, new game or anything like that. But, um, if it's Diablo four, I'm certainly not going to be unhappy about that. Uh, but what do you guys think? Anything? I don't know. I think it's pretty cool, but I, I want to see Diablo four or if they do a Diablo three expansion, I want to see like, more story going on. I don't, but with the end of, um, oh my gosh, Reaper of Souls. Thank you. Uh, it, with the end of Reaper of Souls being what it was, it had that kind of air of finality around it. So it almost feels like they would have to release a Diablo four to go with any more story stuff. And I like Diablo. I just, I like Diablo. I like playing Diablo when I'm stressed out. There's something, there's something really cathartic about smushing a bunch of demons. So, uh, I, I do apologize if this is a spoiler, but the game's been out for quite some time already. The end of Reaper Souls is material being like this: the hero. I mean, they're a god, and we just gave them the power over death too. Uh, this is maybe bad. I don't know. So it's like, okay, well then what? Where do you yeah. go from that? I'm a god with the power over life and death, but still mortal. So who knows? Might be tempted to corruption. Yeah. So, like, the villain of Diablo 4 is your hero from Diablo 3. (laughs) That would only be awesome if Blizzard actually was cool enough to have some kind of save thing where it it determines, like, what character you played most and uses that character or something. Yeah, it'd feel very um, Mass Effect bringing Shepard forward kind of thing. It would be uh, cool. Also, this this newsy week, um, I should mention, we, we know Machines of War is going live uh, September 13. That's the Heroes of the Storm StarCraft update. So if you're wondering when that's going to happen, it's it's this September 13th. Right now, they're just it's on the PTR, or is it even there yet? I don't um, think it's on the PTR. I'm not sure. Did it make it there? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't recall. I haven't checked out the PTR. I do know they talked a little bit about why there's such a long gap before they're releasing Alarak. Because they were getting it down to every two weeks they were putting out New Hero. And this could be four weeks before we get Alarak. Yeah. And I guess they kind of delayed that whole thing because they extended the competitive season extra two weeks. So their whole schedule kind of got shifted back. So they're doing some more like bug fixing in Alarak and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not sure if it's on the PTR though. Okay. Well, regardless, September 13th. That's when that goes live. And then can we can we talk about the Overwatch stuff now? Yeah, yeah, we can. I figured at this point I would just turn off my microphone and let you go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <laughs> no, because we're going to talk about the Bastion short that came out. Because <laughs> that came out after last week's show, Last Bastion. Yeah. It was oh, really right. good. Yeah, that was, I think, I, I just, the I, best animated short I've seen out of them yet. Before you guys gush about it, I do want to point out that Alex specifically said that he thought it was going to be dumb. No, I remember what I said. You said that you were afraid it was going to be dumb. 
I said I would rather have any character but Bastion, but knowing what people have done with stuff like Wally, a short with a robot will probably turn out good. That's what I said. I remember. You also said that you were afraid it was going to be dumb. That was the first thing you said, that you were afraid it was going to be dumb, but... Okay, well, it had it had the potential to be dumb, but it wasn't, so there we go. I, I think even I, stone-hearted, McGrumpy face, have to admit I was touched by this thing. It's kind of funny that it's actually easier sometimes to be touched by characters that are not human, because they don't have the baggage of being human. And they, as... they can use a lot of uh, shorthand that you can't do with humans. Um, for example... Humans don't have bright LEDs that change colors to tell you their mood. When Bastion is upset, his lights go red. You know he's upset. You know there's a problem. You know there's a conflict. Uh, a human is a little more complex to depict in that sense. And yep. like the uh, Mass Effect did it with the Geth too. You know the Geth had a lot of moving parts humans don't have to kind of get emotion across. I don't have a lampshade on my head that goes droopy when I'm upset. <laughs> if I did, people would know whether I'm actually upset or not. But I don't have such a thing, so it's a little more difficult than that. I just, I think what was so extraordinary about this particular short and the reason that it stuck out to me so much was that there was no dialogue. None. No dialogue whatsoever. So what had to carry it was the models themselves, which were fantastic, and the music, which was also fantastic. And I don't know about you guys, but I really appreciated the sound design team because yeah. it wasn't just the music. It was like the sound effects that were in there. For some reason, I found the sound of rain hitting Bastion's hand really soothing. Like, I want a track of that. <laughs> Honestly, like these little metallic pings. I mean, it 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 was amazing. <laughs> the, the part where um, the part where Bastion is first waking up and is covered in dirt and he stands and up. He still has the dirt on him for quite some time. Like, he doesn't just shed it all off immediately. He, yeah. In fact, it's not till he flips out and goes full Iron Giant on the on the forest that yeah. he... I gotta say, too, I think that's one of the reasons that this short worked on me. Because I, I, I loved the the Iron Giant. Oh, so, man. So when it, when it felt like the Iron Giant, I'm like going, all right, you win. You win, short. Damn you. Oh, yeah. God. And I, I really do feel like that short was probably one of the best representations of PTSD I've ever seen in anything. It was pretty It was pretty compelling, yeah. I will give it credit. And Ganymede. I love Ganymede, and I love the fact that they're releasing a Ganymede plush. I wish it would come out tomorrow because I really just want to throw my wallet at it. Yeah. <laughs> Ganymede is instantly better than Pepe because Ganymede actually fits the art style of the game it exists in. He has a personality. <laughs> Pepe doesn't really have much. I mean, Pepe was just there in game. He was a little troopy bird. And I and love he's... Pepe to death, but Ganymede's got, like, I don't know. He just he feels like he's got a personality. Yeah, it's like, I know people love Pepe. And if you love Pepe, you may, you continue loving him. I'm not saying don't, but he really doesn't fit into WoW. He looks so bizarre in WoW. Things don't look like that in WoW. I love him. That's fine. Proceed to love. <laughs> continue as you're much just, as you you're like. You're just going to be grumpy. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, but the Ganymede plush. Awesome. Whispers of Zvar. I really don't like that. <laughs> the Ganymede plush is it's on the Blizzard store, like the Blizzard gear store, but it's not actually available for order yet. And I think they said later this fall is when it'll be available. So I don't. We'll probably see it at BlizzCon. I'm absolutely certain. We may even see it before BlizzCon. I hope so. 
I kind of hope that they change their definition of fall and like, because I think fall officially kicks in. Is it September twenty second? Something like that. Cause... Something like that. They need to push it back a couple of like push it back to the nineteenth of September, and so that I can just buy them for myself as a birthday present because that'd be great. I just really want that thing. I wanted that the second that I saw it on stage there at Gamescom. He was just like standing there with the little, and everybody flipped out like immediately. <laughs> Yeah, the, the plush is, I've been told, is very adorable. I, but I myself don't see I, it. I felt kind of bad for the developers when they were on that stage reviewing this thing. It looked like they didn't know they were going to be asked questions. Yeah, well... Um, like the dude holding the Ganymede plush. The presenter asks him a question. Like, he held up the plush as if in defense. <laughs> Save me, Ganymede! <laughs> like, oh, God! Poor oh. guy! <laughs> All right. Um, well, um, the other thing that we should mention, too, is that Eichenwald... They had a preview for Eichenwald, the new map in Overwatch, and that actually it's it takes place in the same place as the Bastion Short, mm-hmm. in a village, in the middle of the Black Forest, and um, it's cool. It's really cool. Have you guys had a chance to look at it yet on the PTR? Oh, I've just looked at your video that you put up of it. Okay, yeah, I haven't been in it. It wasn't but my I have video. Watched... It was Lizard's video, but yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen like the fly through videos and screenshots and all that kind of thing. What got me was a, a couple weeks back, one of the sites frequent commenters made a video that was basically like Karazhan as an Overwatch map and yeah. Eichenwald oh, is stuff. basically yeah. Karazhan as an Overwatch map. It's beautiful. It's, I, I just, I love everything about this game, but yeah, the environmental design for this particular map is just really on point. I love as, it. As, as someone with very rudimentary knowledge of German, extremely basic, um, the menu in the coffee shop was funny because it's the simplest most basic coffee shop menu i've ever seen in my life the menu was coffee cake cookies and then a german pop culture joke and like that was the whole menu (laughs) like are you gonna go into a starbucks and their menu is coffee and cookies no that's not a thing (laughs) well no but if you go to a small town local one maybe that's all they've got on the menu maybe they just have coffee maybe there was a restaurant that didn't last very long but it was uh when i was like about 15 in rhode island where i swear to god they just served pie look that's pie's real good yeah just but there was just pie you didn't even get to choose what kind of pie oh okay that's less viable they they had pie you went in and that was what you got um i don't remember what he thought like it was attached to a gas station so i thought think maybe it was just the gas station oh and you could get some pie but I remember, like, it was, like, this weird apple fruity pie, and you just, like, went in and got a slice of pie and left. It's like, a, just... here in Milwaukee, there's, um, I've probably mentioned before, Martino's is an extremely well-known, like, Chicago-style hot dog joint, like Italian mm-hmm. beef and all that. And so it's all, like, that kind of thing, like, fried stuff and hot dogs and sandwiches. But you can also get, like, fresh-baked banana bread that they make there that's just at the front. Like, oh, I'll get a loaf of bread to go with my hot dog. Maybe it's that kind of thing, or is there, like, why not? There's nothing wrong with getting a loaf of banana bread to go. That stuff's good. Hey, I've done it. <laughs> or like when they have I need bread. to make some banana bread now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> okay, I think if we're devolving into discussions of banana bread, that it's time to talk <laughs> about emails. But before we do, a word from Alex. Sure, if you enjoyed the, the talk of banana bread and so forth, uh, you can support our show by heading over to blizzardwatch.com slash tea to check out Adagio Tea. Uh, if you're a tea drinker, Adagio is a great place to pick up anything from chai to matcha or whatever you drink. And more importantly, Adagio features over 90,000 custom user-made fandom blends, including unique World of Warcraft-themed flavors. 
Uh, if you head over to Adagio, click on the blends menu, you can find all of them. And if you're playing a Demon Hunter in Legion, get some Demon Hunter tea. It's there. It'll put you in the mood. Blizzardwatch.com slash tea. Okay, thank you. Uh, as is always the case when we do emails, um, please send any emails you have to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. They can be on any subject, uh, any topic. Um, just, you know, if you can put, like, which podcast you want it to be in, that would be helpful. Otherwise, I kind of have to guess. So uh, since I still have the, the Blum eyes, uh, Anne, could you start? Yeah, our first email is from Sporkles, a no Morlock, who's also a supporter on Patreon, and this came in through the Patreon line. Sporkles, by the way, your name is awesome, and I love it. Um, Sporkle says, Hello to those that watch Blizzard with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. I've been using the invasions to level alts. Is there any reason to open the Legion chests before they hit level 100? I have all the cosmetic sets and the pet already. Yes. Uh, it depends. If you're being one of those people that's AFKing the whole time, nah, save them. But uh, I-, I found that when I was taking my shaman from like level 20 all the way up, if I actually wanted to participate and kill stuff, killing stuff, even with my heirlooms, got fairly difficult after a point because half of my gear was level 20 when I was level 70 or something. And I popped open just enough chests to bring myself up to a more comparable level to what I was doing. So I probably went through a round of opening chests maybe once or twice on that crawl upwards. But I saved most of them for level 100. Yeah, generally speaking, they scale. But as Alex pointed out, if you're doing this and you start, like I started yesterday, when I started doing this new character, I started at level 20. By the end of the day, I was level 64. Uh, my rings and neck, those are just lost causes, and I had to go to the auction house. But my boots and wrists and all that stuff, I could replace. Like I, So I opened some chests, so I get new boots. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is viable. I opened them because I want gold. Like, really, that's the only reason. That's true. Uh, on they that character, for a lot of gold. <laughs> yeah, on that shaman, I did have to open some to vendor stuff, so I had enough to buy flying. Yeah, and you can get enough to buy flying easily if you open your chests while you're leveling. If you start at a really low level, you're going to start with, like, maybe 10 silver to your name or whatever. And I know on um, my rogue that I had, who I took up a few levels the other day, I had just enough to fly to one zone and that was it and in order to fly anywhere else i had to open the chests vendor stuff and then i had more <laughs> flight money <laughs> yeah you yeah. don't get any gold at all if you don't open the chests. the chests no. are the only source of anything like money that is the downside you just of doing the gear chests. you just yeah. vendor the gear and, and, and i will say even after opening chests to bring my eye level up to be effective and even after opening some more to get flying by the time i hit 100 i still had way more chests than i really needed uh, I probably had like 60 some of the darn things. Two or three heads, even. Yeah, there's only how many gear slots they actually fill. Yeah, it, all your all your basic gear slots. It doesn't do trinkets, rings, uh, neck, or a cloak. It's like so, your traditional eight piece. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So I, I really didn't need 60 plus chests at level 100, but I didn't also, need them earlier either. Also, weapons drop. So that's the thing. You can also get a weapon drop from a chest. Yeah, I pretty much stuck to using the heirloom items, and then once I hit the point where... Because I don't have the heirlooms upgraded all the way to, like, level 100 or whatever, but once I hit the point where I can't use the heirlooms anymore, I'll probably start popping them open and using the gear in the chests. It's just... I would, mostly, I would I, I'm greedy, and I wanted the gold. That's I why say, I did it. <laughs> when you're doing that, uh, I would hold off to about level 95, 96. 
because they they do keep scaling and you're good to go even with heirlooms up until about mid 90s once you start hitting mid 90s that's when you start your power level is noticeably low and you can't kill anything before that you're okay so you i would must increase on. your power level yes the scouter says vegeta <laughs> Yeah, um, and then there was a, a notable difference between how efficiently or how effectively I could fight things in that level 20 plus some air, heirlooms and the level 70 gear plus some heirlooms. Yeah. Uh, once I threw on a few pieces of chest gear, uh, I could actually solo stuff again. So it, it is worth it, I feel, if you're participating. If you're just being one of those AFK people, then do what you want. You already are. Don't don't be one of those people. <laughs> it's I, rude. I, I was one of those people until Blizzard fixed the XP. Okay, so our next email um, comes from Drew Bob and says, Hello, Mega Watchers. Alex, it's your favorite word. <laughs> what? Oh, Mega. I don't hate Mega. I hate Mega Dungeon because it's not a thing. You're going to love this email. So the announcement of the re-release of Karazhan as a five-man Mega Dungeon has me super oh. pumped. So my favorite experiences in World of Warcraft were from spending entire evenings with friends, stumbling our way through Black Rock Depths and even the original Sunken Temple, and having something similar in scope to work through is very exciting. Do you think that given the ease with which pickup groups can come together now, thanks to the group finder, that we may see a Mega Dungeon renaissance? Does this appeal to you, and why? We will not see a renaissance of this. It's gonna. I feel like the group finder did the opposite thing, didn't? When they implemented yeah. the group finder, they broke up those big dungeons into smaller, more digestible pieces. Like yeah. Blackrot Depths, it was just the whole thing. Yeah, they they've made now when you run Blackrot Depths, you get like a section of it. I mean, they couldn't actually physically break it up like they did Dire Mall. Dire Mall is actually used to be all connected. You could theoretically go into Dire Mall like on one side. And go through the whole place and travel yeah. in and out through, and you didn't have to even leave. You couldn't get through east through north, though, could you? Oh, because they broke in the in the dungeon. You could go to the door that was supposed to get there, but it was collapsed. So in that was vanilla? a nice touch. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, it was always collapsed. It was designed to like there's a door, but you can't get there. Okay. Uh, I always liked that about that 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 even when they didn't do it, they made it you know obvious that it was supposed to be all one thing. Uh, and then they, they basically made it so it didn't work anymore because people were running Group Finder. Group Finder made them turn everything into three to four bosses in and out. Bite-sized yeah. dungeons. It's because if, you, if you're with your friends, like if I'm with my friends and we're going to tackle something big, like if, we're, if there's this big sprawling dungeon like BRD used to be, and I'm with all people that I know, I will gladly work with my friends and clear that whole thing out. If I'm with some randoms, three to four bosses seems about right. Yeah, it really does depend on like you know, how what's your group tolerance for when Dave does the dumb thing Dave always does? Yeah, you know, I mean, or, or you know, Rossi gets overconfident and pulls too much stuff. How 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 much will will the group tolerate it versus you know, oh God, the tank sucks, say nasty things about him and quit. I feel like that we we didn't talk about this in the news though, and we probably should have that they said that Karazhan was going to be seven point one. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't bring it up specifically because I saw we had this question. So we, I think we could talk about Karazhan in general here if we want to. We probably should because yeah. it's, it is pretty big news. What what I think is notable, and this actually happened. Do you remember during the development of Warlords, there were some changes happening to the Karazhan map, and people were like, "Oh, what's happening to Karazhan? What's happening to Karazhan?" Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And they're yes. just like, "Oh, we're just messing, testing a scenario." Or I remember it because Ian said it. I remember Ann even like came into work and said it was you know happening. Yeah, and um, at BlizzCon immediately afterwards, somebody brought this up, and 
a developer made kind of a joke to like cars on a patch 7.1 am i right and rossi you posted this on blizzard watch with the headline mm-hmm. cars on a patch 7.1 question mark like over a year ago yep blizzard announced this over a year ago as, as a, joke. a joke but yeah. it was for reals <laughs> it was tom chilton i believe because he did it in his usual incredibly dry way yeah. <laughs> so nobody ever takes Tom Chilton seriously because he says things in the most sarcastic way imaginable. I love so him. <laughs> I, being like possibly one of the most sarcastic human beings in the world, immediately took him seriously because I knew, ah, he's using the voice that means I mean this. Because <laughs> there's the sarcastic voice that is just being dismissive. Then there's the super sarcastic voice that means I, this is true. I actually mean this. And he was using that. But no, it's, I don't know, man. Uh, Karazhan, it, it's one of those things where... I'm glad they're doing more dungeons. Uh, I'm glad yeah. there's going to be dungeons after release, even if it's just one big, crazy, you know, we'll be in here all week dungeon. Uh, because I, for one thing, because I actually, I didn't like BRD all that much as a dungeon. BRD was never my favorite. Cause it always like, there were rooms that were just nightmares to get through, but I loved like the original black rock, you know, black rock mountain upper and lower spire. There, there's a reason I liked Black Rock Depths, and it's not necessarily because what it was for group content, and I did enjoy it in that sense, but if you had a level 60 rogue back in vanilla, oh, there were yeah. so many like little skulky, stealthy, roguey things you could do in there, like stuff that your raid needed that you could only get out of BRD. You could be the thief going into BRD and like grabbing these items to bring them back for your guild or whatever. Or rogues getting together to sneak into the bar and, like, shiv the barkeep to take his weapon because it was an awesome rogue dagger. Heck yeah. It's like rogue heaven. And just the fact that it was even... The other thing about BRD is like, Blackrock Mountain, Blackrock Spire in particular, the dungeons all felt like they were actually part of this big, crazy city. And, like, the upper levels had been, like, invaded and taken over. But it was still all this... It was really fascinating. Even Black it was Rock all Depths, connected together. Yeah. yeah, like you could literally jump out of the dungeon and into like the world beneath it, like or some... go from one dungeon to the other. Like you, could, if you're running Upper Black Rock Spire and you're a moron, you could fall off the bridge into Lower Black Rock Spire. Yeah. Or exactly. from because it was it was yeah. technically the same raid the whole time. Like, and it was it was a soft raid. It wasn't really a raid, but it was like you could bring up 15 people originally, and then down to 10. Yeah. You could bring up to 10 people into this place and and go nuts. And there's even other stuff like through Upper Black Rock Spire, there was you could get into Blackwing Lair from the outside, or yeah. if you're in Black Rock Spire, you could go from that dungeon into the raid, or from Black Rock Depths into Molten Core. It was all connected. Yeah, and that's the kind of design I always it it had like there were moments of it that that were weird and not not great. Like like uh you mentioned you could go from you know UBRS down into LBRS. I remember doing the dungeon and a lot of times you would be like compelled to jump down and skip like half of of Lower Black Rock Spire. Like your group would yeah. make you do this and you know jump down and skip half the content to get to the end boss faster. Because the way that was laid out, you could totally do it. You could you could run over a ledge, drop down. Everybody would be nearly dead, but you could totally do this. But yep. it was it, fun. It was fun, but I I hate skipping bosses. It really it I I don't like to say it's OCD because that d- diminishes real OCD. But I really like to do all the bosses. That's how I, I am. Agree with that. The only the only ex- the only exception, uh, which kind of ties into what I was saying about Black Rock Depths, is 
some of the situations made like all stealth groups fun and viable is like a side activity or a challenge. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to run Blackrock Spire, but we're going to do it with all druids and rogues. And we're just going to be sneaky and see what we can do with just a party of druids and rogues. And that kind of became a, a fun side challenge for people who played those classes. It was just, I don't know. It was sort of like the tavern brawl. We made it up ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, I honestly, this is a, a group and, you know, going actually going back to Karazhan for a minute. Uh, but one of the things I like about Karazhan as a possible dungeon of this type is I remember doing Karazhan on my shaman as the tank. Uh, because back then you had resilience gear. And resilience gear could push crits off the table. If you had full resilience, you couldn't be critically hit. That was the big deal as a tank back then. Like, you didn't want to get crit. So I tanked. And uh, tanking on a shaman was basically spam your, your shocks... Uh, use Rockbiter, and the group has to be real careful because you didn't have a taunt. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a taunt, and you didn't have a threat builder other than Rockbiter. And back then, Rockbiter was a threat builder. So you'd go enhance, you'd, it, and you basically was, here's what the decision was. Do I use a shield to make life easier for the healer, or do I use a two-hander and hit really hard? Didn't um, Frost Shock also have like increased threat once upon a time? I don't know if it did back in BC, if it had it ever, um, but it might have in vanilla because back in vanilla, I think it did shaman, once upon a time. Shamans were intended to be the the anti paladin, like they were the the horde thematic equivalent to a paladin. And up until like level forty, you were expected to tank on a shaman, like because you had the, like you you had everything that they they gave you tools for it. They gave you rockbiter, they gave you various totems that would help you. They gave you a shield. The only thing you didn't have was a taunt. And when you had lightning shield with the expectation that you would be hit. getting hit. Yeah, exactly. So it was still viable in, in BC. And it's one of the things that we've had going to loss. But one of the things that was cool about it was that when you do um, Karazhan, there's two ways to get around some of it. Like you can go up like once you've gotten to a certain point, you can go up the back door and, and just open that door. Like you open it and now your group can go up to the back door and they don't have to come. Yeah, you have to beat chess. Yeah. Or no, no the was, opera. instead Excuse of, um, or other, like, raids after that, instead of using side doors and back doors, they implemented, like, teleports. Yeah, I Like, I prefer... Ulduar, you walk in the front door and you teleport further in. Yeah, I like how Kara did it, where you could actually go in a different door. And I kind of hope when they do the five-man, they put a different door in. I think they are. Uh, I don't remember where exactly I heard this, but... They're keeping the old Karazhan, yeah, so the they have Karazhan to add another staying, entrance for the new one. The, the old Karazhan is staying intact, so there's going to be a different entrance for this particular version. By the way, Royal Payday pointed out in the chat channel that Earthshock was the original threat attack, which I remember, and then oh, they yeah. switched it to Frost. So Frost Earth, was Earthshock, for a while. Earthshock was also the interrupt, so if you yeah. were not the tank and you were interrupting, chances were good you were going to pull threat. Yep. Yeah. There was I a lot of... Now. Shamans were messed up. <laughs> but, but they were fun. They're still fun. <laughs> I, I have a I have very high hopes that this Karazhan will also make use of some of the stuff that that we haven't seen in a long time in terms of the under Karazhan. I, I am hopeful that we will get like the, in, me, perhaps instead of going up to the top, we go down. That would Into be the crypts. Yeah. Well, they at least said um, I think some people interpreted this as all of the bosses were being remade, but I don't think that's the case. They at least specifically said it would have the opera event. 
Maybe yeah. the same encounters, maybe new operas. I don't know. I suspect it'll be a new opera just because you're not going to... When they did other five mans from you know, raids to five mans, they changed them around a little bit. Yeah. Although it really depends. Zulgarub, they changed a lot. Zulaman, they barely changed. Okay, well, we should probably move on because we do have more emails here. Uh, one yep. thing I did want to add to this, uh, specifically in the context of the group finder, um, I don't know if this is even going to be in the group finder. Did they say? Because they said it was going to have a lockout. I don't know. So if they're I don't think they specified. It, if they're giving the lockout, intending that you don't necessarily have to do it in one sitting, if you're going through the group finder, like getting that group back together is not really an option. Yeah. So you sense. might have to have four friends to go do it, and then if you don't finish, you and those four friends can go back the next day. I'm just looking forward to doing this on the leveling stream. Yeah, it's we'll be in be for a while. It's going to be fun. All right, so our next email is from Alessander, who says, Thrall and other shamans control the elements, especially the stones and dirt, such as the garage, fight stone, hand, rains of stones, etc. Once that dirt or ground is fell, corrupted, or infused, can shamans still con- control it? Fell mud is pretty common with all the green ooze everywhere, and the abyssals are fell, corrupted rock elementals, I think. Uh, Rossi, I don't, do, actually, do I don't know, in fact know that that's the case, although... Um, I do think the uh, there are fire elementals that look exactly like demons. Uh, if you if if you that's a little bit of a spoiler for Legion, but um, if you remember um, the, the guard in Firelands, I don't what was his bloody name? The one that guarded the bridge. It is forbidden to enter the Master's Keep. Forbidden. That guy. Yeah. Um, Balarock. Yeah. Balarock and and the new the new boss of the of the Firelands is named Smolderon, and he shares Balarock's model. Which a ton of of demons have that model now. There's fell guys who look just like that, and there's uh, fell there fire a, elementals the, too. The Doomguardy guys, right? Yeah, they, they're Doomguardy. Like they have hooves. Yeah, they're still, Yeah, they kind of look like Doomguards. Yes. Yeah. Made out of fire, but there's also like if you do the uh, Broken Shore, there's a point where you're you're fighting fire elementals. Uh, I think it's during the Krosis fight. Just straight up green fire elementals come at you. They look just like fire elementals, but they're green. Uh, so I don't know if that's what's going on, but it seems to be possible that Fell can corrupt elementals and make them serve it. Uh, definitely does not seem that Shaman can do bu- Bubkiss to them once that's happened. It, it probably depends on if like the elemental spirit in that stuff is fully corrupted or not. Like maybe you, f- maybe it's like finding a dying friend, and if they're still good, you can kind of like work together. But if they're just gone, they're Fell. There's nothing you can do. You can't use it. It definitely so. does not seem the case that that Thrall can just wave his hands and tell, like, well, for a lot of reasons he can't, but it doesn't seem like he can wave his hands and tell a fell corrupted thing to just stop. No, they definitely don't seem to work that way. But in terms of whether or not they're, they're actual elementals or not, that's... Abyssals, I don't know that you can say that that's what they are. Abyssals actually, again, a Dragon Age thing, but Abyssals remind me of those guys more than they do elementals. Like um, the Golem-type things. Yeah, they're not... They're not very elementally. They're not super smart either. I mean, they could just be rock people. That could be a thing. It's a fantasy setting. Giant rock people. Like, yes. um, I mean, were the were the in in uh, Northrend are the Iron Vrykul and the Iron Dwarves are they technically elementals? No, but yeah. they are made. They're they're shape made from elements, but they're not elementals. So mm. yeah, they could just be rock people like the Earthen. I don't know. 
but there's some interesting theories for you, Alessander. Uh, next email comes from Zach Zen, who says, Hi, Watchers. I've been thinking about one of the most common plots in Warcraft, which is the good person who's corrupted or falls to evil. But from the top of my head, we've never had a character redeemed from that fall, at least not a major one. Do you think it's time to see such a story, and could that be where they're going or should be with Sylvanas? Keep up the good work, Zach Zen. We kind of had it with the original Grom. Yeah, he, he back in Warcraft 3. Yeah. Um, there's Tyrion Forgering, who is redeemed from being old. <laughs> he wouldn't, yeah, he didn't actually fall, though. That was the whole point of him. He was never actually... Well, he fell to being old. He just <laughs> sat in his shack eating worms. As an old guy, I don't like this statement. <laughs> he was more old. He was, like, really old. Yeah. He was, but, like, uh... sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, spitting tobacco old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you all sit here a spell, if you all want to talk about the light, I'm in fear for. But you gonna give me some maggots for? I'm real. I've got my powerful hunger for some maggots. <laughs> there you go. That's Tyrion. And then he just got up and decided, yeah, I guess I can do some stuff. Okay, I'll be a hero for a while. Yeah. Uh, in, ter- in terms of like Sylvanas, I don't. The thing is, is that Sylvanas is not. You can't really be redeemed from what she is. You'd have to actually make her not be dead. Like, Sylvanas isn't even necessarily going out of her way to do evil things. It's that she can't think normally anymore. When, when she's, like, in War Crimes, I know we bring War Crimes up a lot, but it's a really good book. In War Crimes, when Sylvanas is, like, dealing with her sister, like, her truest expression of that fact that she does still love her sister is that she's going to kill her so that they can be together forever. And she really thinks this is a good thing. Like, you know, it'll be great. We'll both be dead. We'll rule the Forsaken together. The Forsaken will never accept her if I don't kill her, and I need them to accept her, so it's really the best thing for all around. What are my children going to do in the Undercity? Maybe you shouldn't bring the kids. It's not really a child-friendly environment. I'm thinking they could visit after a while, once they're grown up, and then I can kill them. I mean, you know, so, so I don't... I mean, I don't know. Anne might have a different take on it, but I'm not seeing Sylvanas being redeemed because... The the evil that Sylvanas does is rooted in her worldview, which is skewed. I think the only way Sylvanas could be redeemed is, well, no, yeah, it's she's undead. She can't really die, and she can't really live. She's sort of stuck in the agony of that space between, and that's kind of a thematic part of her character. It's a really big part of her character. So I can't really think of a way that you would redeem her. Unless, like, you wanted to make her a Valkyr or something. I don't feel like Sylvanas is even corrupted. This is just who she is. Yeah, but She it's... was corrupted at a point. She was actual Scourge and actual Banshee in service to the Lich King, but she isn't that anymore. She's free of that. Yeah, this and is I think that... just who she is. Yeah, but I think that the shock of what happened to her and then the shock of coming back from that just warped her to the point where it's i don't know if there's any coming back from that well they've yeah they've actually gone out of the way to say that being undead itself it damages you 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 don't feel the same way your emotions aren't it's harder to feel anything you know it ta- there's nothing you don't taste much there's no life you're not alive so you don't have all the stuff that living people have it's like she says, you know, whatever we if not slaves to this torment. The torment is literally your existence is you mostly just feel awful. That's all you can feel. Um, just, it's just I don't know. I've never gotten the vibe from Sylvanas that she wants to be anything other than what she is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and there's no nothing 
Like, there's no corruption. Like, there's nothing holding sway over her. She just is who she is and will do what she wants to do. And maybe those things are evil, but if so, it's because she made those choices on her own. Like, there's nothing... She, she's just Sylvanas. If she were anything else, she wouldn't be Sylvanas. I know that's not exactly the most satisfactory question or answer in the world, but it's an answer of sorts. And I think that kind of wraps us up for emails, because if we go any farther, we're going to go way over on time. <laughs> so uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the podcast please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. It's, you know, why we do the show and we'll see you guys next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.